Welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Lorena Rose. I'm Lisa Abigail. And I'm Eliza Ora. Before we dive into this episode, we would just like to give a warning that in this episode, there are discussions of sexual assault and rape and rape culture. Today, we are talking about the 2001 movie Evolution. The IMDb description tells us that this movie is about a firefighting cadet two college professors, and a geeky but sexy government scientist who work against an alien organism that has been rapidly evolving since its arrival on Earth inside a meteor. The movie was written by Don Jacoby with David Diamond and David Weissman, and it was directed by Ivan Reitman, who you may know from Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, and the movie was released on the 8th of June, 2001. And I hated it. As did I. I mean, yeah. Overall, I hated it. The premise, I really could have liked a movie with this premise. Yes. But I, for some reason, they just hate women. And I am a woman. So I had a problem with it. Yes. I think even if you're not a woman, you should have a problem with anyone oh, or anything that hates yeah. women. Yep, yes. yep. I did not remember having a problem with this movie when I saw it in 2001. I'm pretty sure I saw it in theaters. If not, I definitely saw it when it was a new release on uh, perhaps still on VHS. I mean, I know DVDs existed by then, but I know I still had a VCR in 2001. Um, But yeah, I don't remember having a problem with it back then, but I definitely have a lot of problems with it now. This movie did not hold up to say the least that is so true i didn't i haven't seen it before but uh i like i remember it being out i remember that smiley face with the three eyes which Mm -hmm. by the way has nothing to do with the movie so i'm not sure why that's the symbol of it um Um, yeah (laughs) but yeah i didn't see it back then and i'm kind of glad yeah you're uh probably could have gone your whole life without seeing it and been just fine so Listeners, if uh, you were just tuning in and thought maybe you'd watch the movie later, please don't bother. Um, We'll talk for a few minutes today about all of the things we hate about it, and that's probably about all that's going to happen, to be completely honest. So uh, if you already watched it, we're very sorry. And um, if you haven't, maybe uh, our commentary will be more interesting than the movie itself. It will definitely be less misogynistic. Yes. That's for do sure. We, do we want to quickly go over the characters and the cast so we can tell sure. folks where they may recognize some of these people? Yeah, I'd love to. Let's do it. So we, our top build is David Duchovny, starring as Ira Kane, a biology professor who used to work for Army Research at the Pentagon. And you may recognize him from The X-Files or maybe from Twin Peaks or perhaps from Californication, a show which I understand is also not super fond of women. Oh, or you may recognize David Duchovny from Zoolander, as my partner is whisper yelling to me from across the room. <laughs> oh, the hand model! I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. that's why he was hand model. holding up his hand, insistently <laughs> pointing at it." Okay, all right, I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Tyler. <laughs> Oh, wonderful. <laughs> uh, 
So then we have Julianne Moore as Dr. Allison Reed, senior researcher in epidemiology at the CDC, who's also clumsy because you cannot have a very pretty, very smart woman without doing something to take her down a peg or two. Like having her show her mm-hmm. underwear to everyone the second she turns up. It's really upsetting. That's how you make women relatable. <laughs> she's an Oscar winner, I would like to point out. She has an Academy Award. Yeah, but she also did this. <sighs> Yes, you may recognize her from much better movies, uh, like Children of Men, I'm Not There, uh, the Hunger Games movies, The the Big Big Lebowski, Lebowski. Boogie Nights, Hannibal, The the Lost World Jurassic Park, (laughs) Uh, and she was, of course, in 30 Rock. With a horrible Boston accent. With a horrible (laughs) Boston accent, yes. I think I, my partner is interested in being the fourth co-host for this mini episode. Excellent. He's I mean, we're interested in standing in the doorway, staring at me menacingly, and making sure that I mention all his favorites. I want a set of headphones and jump in. Yep. So we next come to Orlando Jones, who plays Harry Block, a geology professor, and I recognize him as Mr. Nancy in American Gods. He was also in the show version of Sleepy Hollow, and in the movie Drumline. Sean William Scott, who plays Wayne Gray, pool manager and firefighter in training, was also in Final Destination, Dude, Where's My Car?, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and the Lethal Weapon television show. Ted Levine plays General Russell Woodman, head of U.S. Army Research. You best know him probably from The Silence of the Lambs. Interesting connection since Julianne Moore was in Hannibal. Um, But he was also in... The show Monk, which is where I first saw him, and so was really freaked out at discovering he's like one of the most famous movie serial killers of all time. (laughs) He was also in Flubber. I don't remember him in this, but... Oh, Flubber. Mm, Yeah. And he's now in On Becoming a God in Central Florida, which I keep meaning to check out. Mm, I've heard good things about that. On Becoming a God in Central Florida is filmed in New Orleans, I am being told. Nice to know. Yes. And Ty Burrell makes his screen debut as Colonel Fleming. You probably know him from Modern Family or perhaps from Muppets Most Wanted. Oh, I knew I recognized him. Aliza, I think you have some notes on some other minor characters. I do. So uh, one of the first things I noticed in this I guess not the first scene, but the second scene is these two, I guess they're brothers. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. These two guys. So one is Michael Bauer. He plays a guy named Danny. Um, I recognized him from Salute Your Shorts. Yes. Um, Such a good show. That's what I know him from. Mm -hmm. But he was also in Dude, Where's My Car? Um, And he has he's been a voice actor on a few different popular video games like Red Dead Redemption and GTA 4. Grand Theft Auto 4. Hmm. So then the other brother of these two is played by Ethan Suppley, who you may recognize as I recognize him most from Boy Meets World. He was Frankie in Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. I remember him. Um, he was also in the Santa Clarita Diet and Twin Peaks and something else I wrote as RTT, but I don't remember what that is. Remember the Titans. Remember oh. the Titans. Thank you. He was in Remember the Titans. He was also in the show My Name is Earl, and he was in the amazing movie American History X. And for any of our oh. listeners, I'll have to put this up in our show notes. Google Ethan Suppley then and now, because holy gamoly, 
he uh, recently, it seems like, went from being like a larger dude to being like super cut, muscly, bodybuilding type person. He looks totally different. Yes, he has gone through a very big transformation. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Wow, that is a big difference. So then the other one I would like to bring up is the student Nadine mm-hmm. is played by Catherine Town, who was in Mulholland Drive. She was on Undeclared. But most importantly, she was in one episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The episode, yeah. I believe the episode was The Freshman, where she played mm-hmm. a vampire and a bully. A bully vampire. And I would like to say that I, when Elisa told me this off microphone, was like, no, 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 that's not the same person. Pulled up a picture of her in the Buffy episode and a picture of her in Evolution and was like, I can see that these people have the exact same name and lead to the same IMDb profile, but I do not believe this is the same person. So (laughs) listeners, let us know, because I think she looks totally different. So let us know what you think. Lisa thinks there may be a conspiracy theory there. (laughs) I think that's the only logical solution and not just different hairstyle and makeup. It's a conspiracy. (laughs) I also want to point out Sarah Silverman, who's very briefly in this as Denise Iris X, who only shows up to take off her shirt because that's what women do in this movie. (sighs) But you probably recognize her from everything in the yeah, past she's several Sarah years. Silverman. Like, do we yeah. really have to say? Yeah, that's what you know um, her from. Apparently, there was a deleted scene mm-hmm. that was supposed to be towards the beginning of the movie of Ira breaking up with her. Oh, of David okay. Duchovny's character breaking up with her, which then would have made this scene at least make a little more sense or not be like totally unnecessary and out of context. Yeah. There was yeah. also supposed to be a scene in the courtroom where Julianne Moore's blouse comes open, so we see her bra too, oh which God. they cut. Thank goodness. But also makes Orlando Jones's line about like, oh, women just open up their shirts to him make a little bit more sense, although it is still gross. It's very gross. It's all so gross. Yep. It's really, it's really bad. Really, really bad. So like nothing's good about it. The science is, so the premise is good. The execution is awful. Yeah. I would have loved a movie with this premise if it were a different movie. Yeah. If it was actually like a sci-fi movie and not... Yeah, if the a... science were more thought out and like the characters were better, if there was a, you know, a female character who wasn't just there to be weirdly a love interest, even though they're like it's totally horrible to her the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Let's retake this plot and write a new movie that is a serious sci-fi movie and not a ridiculous misogynistic comedy. Who yeah, we wants could to work on our team better. to write a new movie with yes. the same IMDb preface that will somehow be a completely different movie? Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't watched this movie or maybe hasn't seen it in a long time, the general plot is that I'm, I don't care enough about any of these characters to know their names, so I'm just going to talk about the actors. Sean William Scott's character sees a meteor, right? They call it a meteor throughout the whole thing, yeah. but that's not what a meteor is. It is a meteor, right, when it lands on Earth. A meteor is the light phenomenon, which results when a meteoroid enters the Earth's atmosphere and vaporizes. So, so a okay. shooting star. A shooting star, exactly. Um, thanks, NASA, for that information. So this meteorite <laughs> crashes to Earth. It has these alien life forms on it that start as single-celled organisms and then just rapidly evolve. They follow generally the same process that life on Earth 
followed. So they evolve from single-celled organisms into multi-celled organisms that are like worms and insects, and then they get into do they do like bird-like creatures and primates, and then they end up just being this huge thing. And so all throughout it, there's this tension between our two scientists, played by David Duchovny and Orlando Jones, who are both just the worst. And they go to court with the government who's trying to keep them out of it. None of it makes any sense at all, so don't worry too much about it. The point is this giant alien monster ends up developing and then they have to kill it with head and shoulders. Because in addition to being a a commercial for women hating, this is a commercial for dandruff shampoo. And that's the whole movie. Pretty much. so weird. Oh, there's another person that is in it that we forgot to mention who comes in later on as the governor... Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, Dan Aykroyd. is Dan Aykroyd. From yes. Ghostbusters. From Ghostbusters and the Coneheads and SNL. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters just popped into my head because we mentioned it was the same director. So. I just assumed that he owed Ivan Reitman a huge favor for showing yeah. up. <laughs> like, why else would he show up in this piece of garbage? Ridiculous. Everybody needs a paycheck. Yeah, for sure. So I have notes on the plot i have 17 plot notes and 22 misogyny notes and i was like oh we could go over some of the worst misogyny notes but i don't know if i want to do that because there are a lot Mm -hmm. of lines in here that are just so disgusting and awful oh yeah i'm just scrolling through my notes too and it's just yeah all misogyny in a general order of plot line so can we talk instead about the alien design because i thought that was actually pretty cool they did a pretty good job there was a there was some CGI, but there were also like a lot of practical effects, especially on some of the smaller creatures. Um, yes. Like this, the single celled ones were clearly CGI, and then the giant ones were clearly CGI. And I think that little one that they mistake for a dog is CGI, but like a lot of the other stuff is all practical, and it looks pretty cool. Like it's mm-hmm. close enough to the way that life developed on Earth that you can recognize it, but it has a distinct enough look that you're like, oh, this is definitely sci-fi fantasy mm-hmm. yes i liked the practical effects and the and the evolution of the creatures themselves mm-hmm. um yeah i thought that that was pretty cool i do have a big problem with it and maybe i'm just misunderstanding but like evolution isn't a a single thing just changing into something else in its lifetime right evolution happens from generations and generations and so what they're saying that is crazy about you know these this life form or whatever is that it's evolving so much quicker right like much more rapidly Mm -hmm. but still to have evolution wouldn't you have to have procreation and have it change like evolve over generations i would just think that if there were a life form that were evolving more rapidly they would just be like reproducing and and dying more rapidly yeah that's a good point so the way that natural selection works is that there are these variations these mutations in the genetic code and then the creatures that have beneficial mutations are the ones who survive and multiply and that's how those mutations get passed down and then become the next evolutionary step we don't see that happening, so I guess the idea is just somehow the creature can like know what's going to be evolutionarily beneficial somehow. It, I mean, it, it's not a hard science thing, for sure. They also say it's a nitrogen-based life form rather than a carbon-based life form, and I like don't think that that checks out in any way. 
No, I think no. they just picked that so they could do the little pattern with the, well, we are carbon-based, and you go down on the periodic table, and you see arsenic, which is, you know, lethal to us. So if we take the same thing and go yeah. down to the ingredient that's in Head & Shoulders Shampoo, because this is what is going to be our funny blow-off. Um, so I think that's how they chose that their nitrogen-based was literally so that they could have the funny blow-off they wanted about what's in dandruff shampoo is what's going to kill the aliens. Which is also completely nonsensical, because that's not how the periodic table works. No. (laughs) Isn't it? But it was a nice, convenient way to try to get her to take her shirt off. Yes, it was. For those of you who are not maybe watching this along with us, Julianne Moore's character is wearing a t-shirt with the periodic table of the elements on it. David Duchovny wants her to take the shirt off so that she can see what's printed on the back of it as well. She does not cooperate. We're in a university in the science department. Don't you think they would have the periodic table of elements somewhere there other than the back of someone's shirt? Just a thought. But, like, also, she's a scientist, so she probably knows. Like, she probably doesn't have yeah. to look at the periodic table. She would Which be like, is yes, exactly what seems like happens. Like, she's like, okay, yes, I can picture that in my head as you describe yeah. it to me. Great. Makes sense. Because I she's smarter than all of them. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing. It's just gross. I would also like to point out that in addition to misogyny there is also there are also themes of racism and homophobia Mm -hmm. you know this idea of like being anally penetrated being like so horrible like how disgusting like this is torture when it's like yeah you know of course and anything that's against your will is is awful but there were like a few times in the movie where you know they made reference to it being so horrible when like that's how a lot of people have sex and they enjoy it yep well they probably aren't using it giant mosquito creature to be fair although i don't know true there's a king for everyone or like the the metal thing that he used to get the mosquito creature yeah the forceps yes that sounds yeah there's a lot of just like casual grossness in this but the thing that i was like uh there's a there's a scene where it is heavily implied that orlando jones is looking at child pornography on his friend's work computer yeah Yep. And, like, it's just a funny joke that never gets mentioning. I was like, uh, he needs yeah. to be arrested before this movie is over. And jokes about him showering with his female volleyball students. Like, yeah. so many gross jokes. Yeah. Ugh. It's not, this isn't how humor works for me. Yeah, it was It was really awful. And Yeah, like, all the... All the ways that they talk about Julianne Moore's character, there's this whole debate about, like, is she a humorless ice queen or does she just need a good humping? Like, uh, I was uh. literally just looking at that note in my notes to bring up next. And that the idea that because she's not showing interest in you, that's obviously a cover for her being interested in you, which is... No, if someone's not interested in you, they're not interested in you. Leave them the fuck alone. Like, that's a whole big problem with our society, too, that she's obviously asking for it. She obviously wants it, even though she's not saying she wants it. Right. When a woman says no, what she means is, why don't you come over and convince me? And to be extremely blatantly clear, (laughs) what we are saying here is that tropes like this 
being so prevalent, at least the way I see it, tropes like this being so prevalent, like everyone growing up with movies like this, does lead to women getting raped. Yes. This is part of the problem with rape culture. Yes. Yeah. It's normalizing the idea that, you know, a woman may want it, but she's just not saying it. Right. It's like romanticizing the idea that it's the man's responsibility to push and push and push and push on the woman until she gives in in whatever way that is or just until he gets his own way until he gets what he wants because that's secretly what she wants you can't trust a woman when she tells you what she wants you know you're the man so you know it's yeah it's gross and and who knows what women are ever thinking they're so impossible to figure out they don't just say what that's on their minds or anything and it's not it's not only what the characters are saying in this movie that is playing into that whole like she says no but she means yes it's like the fact that at the end of the movie she is into him and she does want to have sex with him which like i'm sorry why no 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 woman who is treated that way or is like working with these people in a professional capacity would act that way yeah what has he done that would in throughout the course of this movie that would possibly Make her interested in him. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. nothing. No. No, it's so disgusting. And that, unfortunately, is a very common trope. I mean, Star Wars. Star Wars is so popular. And uh, Han Solo and Leia, at first, she's like, no, leave me alone. And he's like, you want me. You want me. And she's like, get away from me. And then by the end, that's like the love story of Star Wars. The one I always think of is say anything where it's like the huge romantic scene that's like so prevalent in our cultures where he's standing outside of her house with a boombox. But -hmm. like the context of it is she's said like, I don't want to be with you. We shouldn't be together. We're not together. And he's like, I will come to your house and play this music loudly outside of your window until you do what I want, because I am the man and I have the right to be in your space and to inflict myself upon you until you give in. And she's like, oh, my God, you're right. Yay, that's so sweet. I'm like, no, no. So this is stalking and it's not OK. This is not romantic. It's not sweet. It is stalking and it's illegal and wrong. Yeah. Unfortunately, this stuff is just everywhere i mean just recently i saw i forget what i was watching it was like something where you know they were showing all these like romantic images and one was that famous famous image of is it it's like in new york city of a a man a soldier or something oh the the kiss yeah yeah and it's supposed to look like it's this romantic thing it's it is everywhere as a romantic image in our society and Mm -hmm. only recently has it come to light that like she didn't know him he grabbed her and and forced her to kiss him she didn't want that yeah she didn't even know him he literally grabbed a woman off of the street and kissed her a photographer happened to photograph it and it's become this iconic image of the end of the war and of love prevailing over hate and blah blah blah, and yeah and there was no love there no it was assault (laughs) yeah So the other thing that I really wanted to call attention to is in the scene where they are picking up shotguns to fight the, like, flying dragon monster at the mall, um, Sean William Scott asks Orlando Jones, and again, I know these aren't the actors, these are the characters, but I don't care enough about them to know their names, so. Wayne asks Ira. 
No, Harry. No, the other one. Harry. Yeah. Wayne asks Harry um, if he's ever used a shotgun before, and Harry says, just because I'm a school teacher, don't make me a slang word for a woman's or a person's uh, vagina. So this is horrible on so many levels. First of all, guns aren't cool. Second of all, using a gun doesn't make you manly. Third of all, there's nothing wrong with vaginas. Yeah. I see. I have no problem with that word if it is referring to a vagina. When it is used to mean weak, I fucking hate it. Vaginas are fucking strong. Yeah, nothing weak about a vagina. Babies come out of them. Hello. And then David Duchovny's character walks in and is like, hey, ladies, there's an extraterrestrial flying around. Can we focus? Which is funny because we all know women are feeble-minded and can't focus on anything. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Funny joke. Ha ha. <sighs> um, I would like to, because I'm sure our listeners are in, enjoying <laughs> us like ranting about how much we hate this. I would like to... Uh, point out a couple lines that I thought were funny. Okay. Yes, please um, do. When they like first discover this and then, you know, they bring it back to their lab and whatever. And Harry says to Ira, is the Nobel prize paid in installments or in a lump sum like the lottery? Yes. Okay. Good. Which was non-misogynistic a cute funny line. I approve. Yep. Uh, it was a cute line. Also like, am I naive, but I didn't realize that the Nobel prize was a monetary prize. I thought it was just like, you know, you get on the list of Nobel prize winners. So, um, and there was one other line. So I'll say while you're thinking of that, I enjoyed that they played Samantha Mumba's song, baby, come on over because I completely forgot that the song existed. But as soon as I heard it, I was like, Oh yeah, that was my jam. (laughs) Um, you know, I thought there was another line that I liked, but <laughs> just that all, one. The, all the quotes that I'm finding are w- ones that I wrote down because of how horrible they were. Yeah. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. she's been throwing it at you. I'm sorry, uh, what? Yeah, no, I don't. Mm-mm. Yeah, the part where they're yeah. comparing her bottom to the insect that they have just been discussing and objectifying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so, so gross. So sorry, y'all. We tried to find good things to talk about, but we ended up just circling back to the misogyny. Yep. There just isn't very much good about this movie. There's just not. Like misogyny and pedophilia. Yes. And rape culture. And, right, like, the implication that um, Orlando Jones' character, who is a community college professor, is having sex with his students, which is a gross abuse of power. But one of those students, Nadine, tells him, and like another example of a woman who can't just be a real character, she has to be a caricature, she only wants to go to nursing school to impress beauty pageant judges so she can be Miss Arizona. And there's a little shout out to this at the end in the scene where Dan Aykroyd as the governor is giving out awards. She is wearing what appears to be a homemade Miss Arizona sash. Oh, I missed that. I did that. not catch that. It's like really small in the background there, but I was just trying to look anywhere but at Julianne Moore's character being like, hey, David Duchovny, let's boink because you've been awful to me this whole movie and I've done nothing oh, so but objectify gross. me and don't appreciate me as a person at all. But like, I like your hair. So let's do it, I guess. Also, even if they did want to have sex with each other, like... They're covered in alien goo. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a time where they're, like, getting some recognition. It just 
it made no sense. They also go mm-hmm. into a fire truck to have sex, which is very illegal. That is public property or city property or whatever. Like, you don't do that. Don't do that. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah, it, just everything about that sex situation seemed just Ugh. very not ideal. That yeah. was going to be some really awful sex, too. Like, you could tell David Duke Ebony's character is not going to be attentive to her needs. No, absolutely <laughs> not. She has needs? <laughs> right. Of course. Yes, her need is to just lie there and be receptive to him. Yeah. Um, So another cameo that I forgot until I just saw it in my notes. uh, John Cho is in this movie. Harold from Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, which is probably the the role that he wants people to not associate him with anymore. But um, yeah, John Cho is in this movie. Only I only saw him in the scene where they take uh, the class on a quote-unquote field trip um, to go look into hmm. in the cave. Oh. Okay, yeah, John yeah, Cho yeah. was in the background. And I was like, is that is that him? So I looked it up, and yeah, he was in this movie. Oh, he has a musical career, too, according to Wikipedia. Oh, I did not know that. Can he we cancel this and just do a mini-sode a... on him? <laughs> He's the lead singer of a Los Angeles uh, garage band called Viva what? La Union. Can we go see him perform? Um, yeah, sign me up. I'm looking for screenshots of him in this movie, and I can't find any. But well, I found one that looks like he may have been in the classroom. At That's the, the one that I found too. I'll put it in our show notes. It's very blurry. Yeah, I think we're looking at the same thing. And I suppose. For the sake of the show notes, I am willing to go back to that cave scene and take a picture, take oh, a screenshot of it. Wow, that's very. <laughs> that's how much I love our listeners. <laughs> I'm willing to take one for the team. Not going back. No. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have any final things that we would like to say? This movie would have been infinitely better if there were uh, less mis- if we replaced every misogynistic line with just like a cut to even just like a still photo of John Cho. Yes. I would have been happy mm-hmm. if like there was just yep. it just the dialogue had blanks out and there was just a picture of John Cho yep. and then we went back. I mean, it would have half yep. the movie would have been gone. Yeah. And if there's any screenwriters out there who want to take the simple concept of this movie and make a really cool, serious sci-fi drama, like, I think there's a lot of potential here for something that's actually good. Yeah, it could be like a good sci-fi action drama. I read sure. on the IMDb trivia page, so I couldn't verify this, but I read that it was originally written as hard sci-fi. And then Ivan Reitman was like, well, we need more of a comedy angle. And so had this uh, duo of writers come in to rework it. And so called the wrong people. That's why we got this nonsense. So I would love to see the original draft of this as like an actual sci-fi movie where maybe we get like more attention paid to the aliens and like Elisa's questions about how the evolution works could be answered yeah. and we could have yes. a better solution than head and shoulders. Also, according to IMDb trivia, selenium is only found in the heavy duty formula of head and shoulders, not the oh, regular well. one. Oh, so those, those brothers must really have been suffering from dandruff. Yes, apparently. <laughs> so I think that really like step one of this movie idea was great steps two through eight thousand were just awful Mm -hmm. and i'm really disappointed in ivan reitman 
Not that Ghostbusters yeah. is like a paragon of feminist virtue or anything, but like, Jesus, Jalejish, this is bad. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm just disappointed in general because yeah. I feel like I could have liked this movie if it weren't so horrible, <laughs> you know, like a movie with this premise I could see myself really liking. Yeah. Yeah. But well, once, I like sci-fi, not misogyny. Once we get our Patreon up and running, if anyone wants to give us five to eight hundred million dollars, we can remake this movie the way that we want mm-hmm. it to be. Yep. So there you Perfect. go. That's the five hundred million dollar tier on our Patreon. Coming <laughs> soon. We will make an excellent sci-fi movie. Heck yes, we will. I, I know a guy who can help us with that. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this discussion of Insert Dumpster Fire Noises Here. For our next mini-sode in two weeks, by listener request, we will be discussing the supposed military base Area 51. But first, next Tuesday, we'll be discussing Roswell Season 1, Episode 15, Independence Day. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. It really helps us out. You can find our website at roswellhotsauce.com, where we have show notes, bios, and other great information. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Roswell Hot Sauce for lots of additional Roswellian content. And you can email us at roswellhotsauce at gmail.com with any questions or feedback, or if you want to request a mini-so topic that we just might cover in the future. Until next time, please have higher standards for screenplays. <laughs> Heck yeah. yes. <laughs>